Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the show. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchett, your host out here in Las Vegas. Your other host on East Coast, Josh Applebaum. Josh, happy Wednesday. How are you? Happy Wednesday, Pritch. Happy schedule day, my man. We got a lot to get to. I think it's going to be a big NFL-type show today. A lot of buzz right now with the schedule being released. Uh, I'm excited because not really for the Patriots and the Dolphins week one, but Patriots, Buccaneers, Tom Brady coming back to New England week four. Uh, Don't have a a line on this yet. I'm I'm thinking, my I don't know, it was going to be, you know, uh, maybe Bucks minus three, something around there, maybe something like that. But um, can't wait to break down all these games with you. I have some trends we can look at. For week one, maybe some uh, some tips here looking at these lines that are really far away, how you attack them overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Pritch, a lot, lot to get to today. 15 baseball games, uh, six in the NBA, five in the NHL. We have three great guests here today talking to our buddy Dwayne Colucci at the Rampart, uh, Brad Botkin uh, from CBS talking some NBA, and then Alex Myers talking golf. So uh, Pritch, it's a great day and uh, great to be back with you today here on Wednesday. So this game that you have that you just mentioned, um, the Bucks uh, and the Patriots, do you have it circled? Stars. I mean, what's, what does your calendar look like for that game? So I don't know what, I mean, I'll be doing Lombardi line that day, I'm sure. And I cannot wait, but uh, I was, I was joking with my, uh, with my buddy, Steph here, our producer, cause we're both from new England. Uh, the question is who are you going to root for? Like I'm a Patriots fan, diehard Pats fan. I'm going to root for the Pats, but then Brady coming back to town. I have another rooting interest with Brady. So um, I don't know how I'm going to, uh, you know, finesse this year, Pritch. I'm walking a tightrope. I'll root for the Patriots to win. I'll go with ever the, you know, here's the other thing. As a contrarian better, what if we get the public 90% of bets on Brady and the Bucks coming to New England? They open minus three. Maybe they get up to three and a half. What if I'm able to go contrarian and Ooh. take my Patriots at home in a hazmat play? That's what I'm looking forward to, Pritch. Yeah. So, uh, a lot going on. But tickets to that game, I tell you what, uh, you want to see the Rolling Stones in concert? You know how <laughs> expensive those tickets are? This is going to be a, a tough one to get uh, at week four in the NFL, Patriots and Bucks. Josh Applebaum looking for an excuse to bet his Patriots uh, that weekend. <laughs> Just looking for the public to hammer Tom Brady right there. I, I get it. Uh, I, I tell you what, if you ever needed more evidence that the NFL wanted to partner up with the sports uh, wagering industry, um, week one and the schedule release is uh, great evidence of that, right? So they have the great big reveal later on this evening of, their, of the schedule. Uh, and then, okay, lines are going to be set. But here you go, books. Here you go, public. We're going to give you week one. And now we got lines for it, Josh. Uh, so if anybody needed any more evidence that the NFL wanted to partner up with the sports uh, betting industry, uh, there you have it. Yeah, you're totally right, Pritch. I mean, we kind of just we've seen this crazy evolution here where, you know, forever the NFL was adamantly against sports betting, you know, the integrity of the game. You've heard this for for decades here overall. And then Roger Goodell, the NFL, they kind of, you know, they're kind of the last big lead, big league to really embrace it. Saw the NBA with Adam Silver, one of the first kind of the smartest leagues to get out in front of this, seeing kind of the, the tea leaves and how legalization is spreading. So uh, the NFL, you got you to think, you got to imagine they love it and they're embracing it because uh, not only is the NFL the most popular sport, the king of betting overall, mm-hmm. but it's not just the, you know, the games, you know, during the regular season you can bet on in the playoffs, but it's all this intrigue throughout the season where uh, now you're getting lines on games. Now we're going to be able to look at how these lines move over the next, you know, uh, three, four, five, six months here. So uh, it just goes to show you how important, uh, betting it, or the NFL is to betting and kind of how it's going both ways here because you have a lot of odds makers, you know, throwing these lines out. We already have some line moves on three games already uh, for week one here. So it just goes to show you the NFL betting is king. And this is just to get your appetite going and get you excited <laughs> for the NFL. But um, I'll get to it later. But I would caution against 
betting any of these games right now. Okay, because I was going to ask you that. Uh, so much uh, information I think you can give uh, the audience today. Uh, the Market Insight, looking forward to this as we go over week one, the schedule. Okay, Cowboys at Buccaneers, uh, an attractive line, I guess. Uh, Buccaneers minus six and a half at home as they open up the 2021 season. Yeah, so a couple of things, you know, uh, macro and then micro, we can get to each game. So one thing I would, you know, just looking at this Cowboys-Bucks game. So obviously a Brady, uh, you know, getting their rings there and, and the Cowboys coming to town, Dak Prescott coming back. I'd love to know what the total is going to be for this game, Pritch, because uh, I don't know, uh, maybe high 40, something like that. But number one that I would look toward, especially when you're when you're looking at these games, is dogs in general. Because we had a great dog year last year. You know, the NFL is the most popular sport. So because of that, so much public betting, it's really this bias toward favorites, toward home teams, toward overs. So dogs in the week one of the NFL, especially because everybody's healthy. Everybody's optimistic. You really haven't had anyone really break apart from the pack yet. So my first inclination is just week one dogs in general, especially if they're getting six and a half or more. Uh, they've done very well. 28 and 18 ATS, 61% uh, to these quote unquote big dogs in week one. But here's the other thing, Pritch. Every game you look at on the board, have a key number in the back of your head because right now the six and a half is intriguing. Why? We got to train ourselves to get back into that key number thought process because if you like the bucks here six and a half is what you want they win by seven you cover if you want the cowboys and my suggestion would would be dogs do pretty good week one just in general but you want to wait on some of these dogs because you may get inflated lines like if if throughout the entire season and we get closer to week one you see constant stuff on tv about brady and the bucks and returning all their starters they're gonna become a massively popular play they're they're probably gonna go six and a half to seven we're gonna have to see about that but keep these key numbers in the back of your head because if it's six and a half, seven, two and a half, three, these are all really important factors to keep in mind. Um, so that's just one thing before you uh, before you look at all these lines. Okay, we have a total uh, of 51 and a half uh, for that game. There you go. That's, it, that's, that's pretty lofty, huh? That's pretty lofty. Yeah, that's that's a high. Well, the funny thing, Pritch, you know, 51 and a half, when you were playing, that line was unheard of. You rarely got a line <laughs> right. in the 50s like They that. were holding that, us, Josh. I couldn't get off the line they, of scrimmage. <laughs> and then, and then my Patriots with Ty Law, they uh, they were holding all the Colts there in, in all those um, those playoff games. Had to change the rules after that. Bill Polian got mad. But um, Pritch, this is the other thing, like correlative betting. So if you're on a favorite, you want um, a high total. If you're on, if you're on a dog, you want a low total. So in this instance, a high total would would kind of benefit the Bucks in this case because more points scored expected make it a little bit easier for that favorite to cover that number. But here's the other thing, you know, as we get through all these games here, mm -hmm. the in, the injury factor, Pritch, because you know, the worst thing you want to do is bet a game too early and then, God forbid, you know, a starting quarterback tears his ACL in minicamp or a big injury takes place or someone, you know, there are all these X factors where it's kind of like betting a game in baseball, like action versus listed pitcher. If you're betting action, you're at the mercy of a pitcher being scratched or someone being in, someone being out. Kind of the same thing right now where I would think waiting and really letting, you know, we have so much time for these bets to build up for public action. There may be more states that legalize by the time week one comes around, Pritch. So there's going to be more and more public to go against. So uh, I don't, I wouldn't want to lock yourself into something right now, knowing that it could look completely different by the time we get to September. Okay, because I got some questions for you in terms of some of this line movement, whether that's public or is that respected money here? Uh, for some of these line moves. So let's go to this next game. Uh, Eagles-Falcons, the battle of new head coaches. Uh, the Falcons are favorite three and a half here, minus three and a half here at home. Uh, and again, that total in that game is 47. 
Yeah, so right off the bat, I'm kind of surprised. You know, there are some games you look at and you're like, you know, that seems a little high. I don't mm-hmm. know. I thought the three and a half year with, with your old team, the Falcons here, pitched. Oh, that was kind of a high number. I don't know. I, that was intrigued real right off the bat, just just with that dog opportunity with the Eagles. We have to see, uh, obviously, with Jalen Hurts going in uh, to his, his next year here, adding Devonta Smith. Um, total for that game is what 47. So 47. Kind of a yeah, higher end total there as well here, Pritch. But the other thing is, like, keep an eye on lines that have a hook on it. So right now the three and a half is critical. So one thing that you can do, whether you are a notebook notebook guy like me, I just write in notebooks. But if you're an Excel guy, computer person, it doesn't matter. Write down these numbers right now on May 12th mm-hmm. and then see how they progress as we move closer and closer. A month from now, two months from now, three months from now. What I'm getting at is the next move off that three and a half is going to be critical. If you start to see the juice on the three and a half here with the Falcons inch toward four, that's letting you know, okay, maybe some money's coming on the Falcons. The other thing though, and again, I bet a lot of dogs week one, just because you have a lot of edges in your factor. And again, being healthy, being optimistic um, and the public really kind of um, really wanting to bet on teams that are kind of a bigger name franchise or who had a better year. Another system I like is betting on teams that missed the playoffs against teams that made the playoffs. Cause you remember those playoff teams. It doesn't really apply for this one here, but um, these are all these little factors you can take into account. But the first thing that jumps to me is Falcons minus three and a half seems a little high. If that thing gets down to three and you can still jump on the hook there, I'd be looking at the Eagles as a possible dog opportunity. Okay, Josh. So we, we are returning to normalcy. We're going to have an off season. We've had OTAs. They're zooming right now as we speak. Uh, the fellas are zooming. Uh, just getting some intel that way. So uh, they're preparing for the season. So these numbers, these uh, lines, uh, where are these numbers coming from in terms of the algorithms? I mean, what are the books doing here to entice the public or entice anybody to pay for a wager right now? Yeah, so I think on the one hand, getting these numbers out is a benefit to the books anyway, just mm-hmm. because it creates a lot of buzz, creates a lot of interest, sure. maybe drives drives new signups and stuff like that, Pritch. Um, but kind of the same way they're they're kind of setting lines for all these games. You're looking at uh, a lot of your advanced algorithms, models, formulas, a lot of your power ratings, power rankings, and uh, and maybe adjusting them based on personnel changes or uh, stability is a big thing. Like if you're returning a lot of your starters, your coaches, you ha- you kind of know who you're working with. Uh, that's an added benefit as well. But kind of going off of you know the power ratings from last year and then making adjustments for you know home field advantage. And I think one interesting thing that I'm going to be looking toward is you know in the NFL last year, dogs and road dogs had a fantastic year. Part of that was lack of uh, fans in the stands. Right. Do we see maybe these, you know, home teams are get a little, little boost, a little bonus here because you're starting to get these fans back in the stands. So to me, I hope not because, you know, I'm, I bet a lot of road dogs, Pritch, cause I'm a contrarian, <laughs> but maybe that will create an opportunity where if you're a home dog, you know, maybe that benefits you in that situation versus others. But again, setting these numbers, it's really like taking your, your data from last year, making your adjustments and putting out a number that, uh, and again, limits are low. We have right. a long time until these games are played, but I think it's kind of a win-win the public, you know, we we're excited to look at these numbers and see, Oh, you know, how to, what do I think of these teams? And what are the, what are the, the sharpest guys in the room? The mm-hmm. odds makers think, and then also they're taking in some action that could, uh, you know, drive some more action. Uh, on their end of the book. Yeah, like how do you cap Eagles, Falcons, new head coaches, everything, right? I mean, but the line's out there. Minus three and a half right there for the Falcons. Steelers, Bills. The Steelers, a big uh, underdog here. Minus six and a half on the road uh, against Buffalo. That totals 51, Josh. 
Yeah, so these are the gross plays that I like, Pritch. Remember yesterday <laughs> we were talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates, who, by the way, the Pirates came up massive as a hazmat gross play yesterday yes, uh, against, they, they against Cincinnati. Yep, They yep. did. Uh, <laughs> but here's another one, Pritch. This would be like I'd probably be on the Steelers in this game here because um, you have a, a kind of a big dog system match. So, again, if you're a big dog, six and a half points or more in week one uh, over the last decade, you're 61% ATS. So getting a lot of points as a dog, week one has been profitable but also think of it this way kind of the public perception is you know bills are on the rise yeah they lost in the playoffs last year but a team at home on the rise that's getting a lot of buzz versus the Steelers team that the public's down on remember they they were going for that undefeated season and then they really stumbled down the stretch there's questions about Big Ben I just think you're going to get a huge public perception kind of um, dichotomy type play here Mm -hmm. where I think buying low in the Steelers but my thing is I want the seven. It's six and a half right now. The other thing is like the books are throwing these numbers out. How do you not take bills minus six and a half? That's I don't, I'm not going to say it's a trap, okay. but anytime you're, you're off that hook, that's like, Ooh, jump on that right now. That's probably what the books are thinking. But to me, it'll be wait. If you can get a seven, all these key numbers are so critical. The way you lose by seven, you push instead of, you know, Steelers six and a half, lose by seven, and you lose the bet. So we're going to have the big reveal later on this evening, like I mentioned. And so the rest of the schedule is going to be released. And then shortly thereafter, more lines. Like, uh, should we anticipate these current numbers changing once that happens later on this evening? Uh, maybe, maybe this evening, maybe over the next few days. Okay. And I think usually what happens is kind of there's a rush, and then it goes stagnant for a long time here unless mm-hmm. something big changes in injury, a trade, something like that. We've already gone through, you know, most of free agency, the draft, obviously. But two games that you mentioned here, Pritch, and we'll get to it in a second. Um, Like, for example, the Chargers. The Chargers at the football team here. That's already one game that we've seen a line move on. So it's, it's nothing crazy, but it opened Chargers getting one, and now Chargers are minus one. So what does that mean? Um, you really don't have the public betting these games immediately once they get released. Right. I think if you're seeing any of these moves right now, Pritch, Chargers, you know, again, plus one to minus one, you're going through zero, so it's not that big. But that tells me that the Sharps, the respected betters, the guys who are and girls who are setting their own power ratings and models, they're saying, hey, we, sh- we have the Chargers. Maybe it's a pick them or maybe they should be minus one. The fact that you're seeing these moves, there's only a couple games with moves already. That tells me that the pros who have already set their power ratings – basically see maybe a soft number or a line that's off compared to their numbers. So there's a few of those already, uh, but you're going to see a couple, but a lot of these are, are pretty stagnant. I think waiting to see more action come in. Okay. Yeah. That total to uh, 45 uh, chargers and the football team uh, right there, Josh, uh, one more game jets Panthers uh, only because I guess Sam Darnold against his old team and Zach Wilson, his debut as a professional quarterback, uh, some interest in week one right there. Uh, when you're looking at the Jets uh, and the Panthers, minus four for the Panthers at home against the Jets. Yeah, this one's intriguing for a couple of reasons, Pritch. Number one, a four is kind of an odd number in okay. an NFL game. You're not around the three. You're not around the six. You're kind of right in between that. You know, if you're up seven and you kick a field goal, it's seven to three. That's your four right there. So, again, the next move to me will be critical. I'm interested in, you know, obviously that's going to be Darnold versus Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, how uh, hit the ground running, what will Wilson look like, you know, week one here. I'm I'm intrigued by the total. The total's really low, 43 and a half. That's one of the lowest totals of any week one game here. Um, So I think I would imagine the public's going to hammer that over, saying it's so low, it's got to go over. But you have, you know, a very defensive team, Matt Rule, with that that Panther squad. 
Uh, it's also a non-conference game, which can sometimes benefit a favorite there, uh, which would lead you a little bit there with the Panthers. But uh, to me, the low total intrigues me. I could see maybe the public hammering the over, where and you might have a contrarian under opportunity there because uh, maybe you get a you know 20 to 17 game, you know 23 seven something like that. Uh, could be interesting here, but a, a very low total in that one. Perhaps. Very low. I mean, you got Robert Robert Sala on the other side, too. First-time head coach, uh, former defense coordinator. Everybody knows him from the 49ers. Uh, no intrigue by him. It's all about the quarterbacks here, huh? Uh, well, no. Hey, that, that if I want the under, that benefits me. Two right. good defensive guys there. I'll take that, Pritch. I'll take that part of it. Yeah, two quarterbacks. One's a rookie. One sees ghosts. Uh, Sam Darnold, the other one, two uh, coaches that are defensive-minded. Uh, so, again, that total 43-and-a-half. We'll continue with this uh, breakdown uh, about the week one in the National Football League in these odds. Uh, that's coming up next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Be sure to have that state-issued ID. Open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the -the state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show. It is Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host today. Josh, just uh, update everybody with some scores in Major League Baseball. Pirates, Reds tied 1-1. Top of the eighth. Uh, top seven Cubs, Indians tied 1-1. Uh, and then you have the Rockies, Padres in the bottom of the first 0-0, which is uh, interesting. Uh, and then a final, the Mets, uh, they win over, they beat uh, Baltimore uh, 7-1. Do you have any any involvement in the game uh, going on right now? I do, Pritch. So I uh, got to win with the Mets a little bit earlier. I'm okay. sweating the Cle- uh, Cleveland Indians right now, too. They're, it's, uh, they're down one nothing. It's now 1-1. But both of those games, one thing that I would recommend people to keep an eye out on is interleague line moves. This is really important. Kind of a, a system that I've, I've, I've looked at for many years now. But when you're doing, when you're playing interleague play, coming from two different leagues, there's a different style of play. Like last year in the pandemic year, Bridge, remember we had the universal DH, so it was kind of like even. Now we're back to the old school way where, you know, your, your pitchers are hitting in the NL, uh, American League, you have the DH here. But one system that I really like, it just won with the Mets earlier today, is a favorite in interleague play with a line move in your favor. So with the Mets, you know, they're like minus 170. They got up to like minus 190. You had a little late movement on Baltimore. They closed around minus 180 uh, with the Mets here. But um, that would match with, with the Mets earlier today. They, they won the game 7-1. to one. Interleague favorites with a line move in their favor. Because you got to play the style of the, you know, the home team and, and the favorite here overall. That lack of familiarity benefits the quote-unquote better team. Uh, but that system is now 23-15 and 15 at 61% this year. So okay. uh, that's something I would keep an eye out for. Again, just hit with the Mets. 
it's matching on Cleveland right now. And I'm, the, the sweat is pouring down right now on the, <laughs> I I, on the tribe for me right now, Pritch. But okay. uh, that's just uh, that's one match that I think we're going to get a lot of matches throughout the year. So just keep an eye on that interleague favorite with a line move in your favor system. All right. We'll keep an eye on you, Josh. Uh, with this game, uh, highly intrigued now. Uh, so my other question to you as we break down this week one uh, odd situation in, in the National Football League, are, are these numbers bringing in account the home field advantage again? Because routinely, at least from a casual standpoint, I'm thinking the home team gets three points at home. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Pritch. Uh, you know, last year, and I think um, we had a lot of great people at Vison who were tracking us. I know Dave Tooley and, and um, Jeff Fogle as well did a great job about this, where the lack of fans in the stands really uh, limited that home field advantage. And I, I may not have this right, but usually it's around three points. But last year, it was only about a point, something okay. like that. So it really was really decreased here. And it's not just, um, you know, it's a couple of different things. Obviously, it's the crowd noise and making it really harder on that defense. Um, but it's also going into, you know, a hostile environment. You know, that's going to benefit. Uh, also, when you're on offense, it's quiet. So you can call the plays when you're on defense. You might get a false start, that sort of thing. So will we get back up to three points? I think we're trending back in that direction just because, you know, these stands are going to be pretty much filled at most, most, of, these, uh, most of these stadiums here. Mm -hmm. So that's a great point by you, Pritch. I think when the odds makers set these numbers, they're, not set, they're setting them based on last year's power ratings, but I don't think they're setting them based on last year's home field advantage numbers. They're probably going back more to the pre-pandemic numbers where you're closer to three points. And there's certain stadiums like, you know, Seattle, it's maybe it's like 3.2 points or like a little bit more uh, based on these stadiums that are really, really, um, you know, make, make it hard for that, that visiting team. So great point by you. I think they're factoring in kind of the pre-pandemic home field advantage now. Yeah, I mean, we're going to return to normalcy. And then as we get to the schedule, we're going to see indicators that the, the owners, uh, the National Football League, uh, they want fans back in the stands. I, I You know, full capacity, we, we're seeing it in baseball as well. So uh, whether it's a, a test, whether it's a vaccination or whatever, I mean, I, I think the owners in the National Football League is indicating uh, that we want these stadiums uh, to capacity again. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I mean, just money talks, Pritch. We all know this. You know, you got more people in the stands. You're going to sell more uh, more hot dogs, more sodas, more beers. More <laughs> people are going to buy jerseys. There's a whole financial element to it. Um, but also, you know, again, we got through last year, and we all did the best we could. But there's something about a Monday Night Football game with the fans in the stands and people going nuts and tailgating and, and all these things that make football fun. Um, you know, personally, I like watching games on my couch in my own uh, in, in my own apartment here, Pritch, but uh, nothing beats being there in person. And, right. and again, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to see Brady against the Bucks, Brady and the Bucks against the Pats week four. I, I want to be to that at that game. Well, I bring it up for a reason, Josh, because we have a situation with the Vikings and the Bengals which I think betters can take advantage of. Uh, let's break down that game with that perspective of fans back in the stands. Let's come up next right here on the program. Sin, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any of our show today or any of the VSIN broadcasts, be sure to check out our free VSIN podcast. You can catch up with Follow the Money, a numbers game, or the Lombardi line, all on the daily VSIN Best Bets podcast. Also, check in with Gil Alexander's 
feeding uh, the book pod, uh, the Josh Applebaum's market insights, get PGA tour betting previews on long shots, the Ron Flatter racing pod, and of course, the NBA scoop with JBT on hardwood handicappers. Whatever you're betting on, we have a pod for it. Find them all for free at vcin.com slash, slash podcast. Uh, that's vcin.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. Josh, so into the break, I was asking you about that situation, home field advantage. You got the Bengals at home. No news about Burrow yet. Maybe we'll have a return of Burrow. Certainly they drafted a receiver in the top five. Uh, but the Vikings uh, are minus three on the road with their brand-new offensive coordinator. 47 and a half uh, is the total for the Vikings. So the Vikings uh, getting uh, minus three, getting uh, laying three points here on the road. Yeah, this is intriguing, Pritch. You know, I think the, the key here is, as you mentioned, Joe Burrow. You know, what's his status here, you know, coming back from that torn ACL? I remember, you know, they unveiled their new uniforms recently, and the joke on Twitter was that they looked exactly the same as the old uniforms. But uh, if you zoomed into Burrow's knee, he had a really nasty scar on his knee, obviously from, you know, his knee injury from last year. So uh, a three-point line, that's kind of a short number. Maybe that leads you to believe that Burrow may play in this one. I mean, you would think that the Vikings, obviously, with, you know, with Kirk Cousins here and maybe a backup for uh, for the Bengals, if, if Burrow's not going to play, I thought that line would be a little bit higher. So maybe that leads to believe either, you know, the Vikings aren't as good as maybe you think or maybe Burrow's going to play in that game. But uh, total 47 and a half there. The other thing is, again, with these non-conference matchups, to me, that's where if you're going to bet a favorite, I'm going to lean on here mm-hmm. just because the lack of familiarity does sometimes benefit. Uh, the team that's favored here. So I'd keep an eye on that. But to me, that's all about Burrow and whether or not he's going to be uh, be ready to go for that week one game. Okay, so Jimmy Garoppolo is playing week one for the 49ers. Uh, we can bank that one right now because they're minus seven and a half against the Lions. If that was Trey Lance, it wouldn't be seven and a half right there. Uh, and that total uh, is 46. Yeah, so my first thought is, the 49ers are probably going to be an incredibly lopsided play. I think the Detroit Lions are going to be an auto bet fade for mm-hmm. a lot of betters all season long. Um, but I would, you know, and again, this week one is when you, when personally I like to, and a lot of, I would say contrarian betters like to take these really gross plays that look like they got no shot. So to me, I'm looking at the Lions here. You have a couple of things to keep an eye out for. It's not a divisional dog. You know, divisional dogs are really the ultimate week one angle here because of that familiarity. But seven and a half now, you know, again, you're going to have probably ridiculously heavy betting here on San Fran. Does that get up to eight? Do you get an inflated line opportunity? I like getting those inflated. So number one, I love the sharp action toward a dog, like a reverse line move to a dog. But if it gets really lopsided and really it's just a, an incredibly lopsided play where the, the odds makers have to move the number just to kind of entice a little bit betting the other way. That's when I like to buy low here. So if you look at the lions, I know it's disgusting, but um, you know, <laughs> you know, getting Penny Sewell and, and we'll see what, what golf can do here. Yeah, but, golf is there um, yeah, the, the plus six and a half, these big dogs, especially at home, have done well. Last decade, 28 and 18, 61% ATS. So you don't have Matt Patricia to kick around anymore, uh, Pritch. He's back He's back in New England here. So uh, we'll see how this goes. But if that keeps rising, I think at some point you're going to have a, buy, a really, really buy low big dog play on Detroit at home. Okay, how bad are the Texans? Uh, really, seriously. Um, the Jags on the road uh, went from minus one and a half to minus two and a half. Josh, uh, and the total in this game is 46. 
Yeah, so we talked about in the last segment just a couple games where we have had move, uh, some movement here. Chargers are one of them going from plus one to minus one. Here's the second one where we have some movement literally from lines being released to immediately being bet. So the fact that this line is moving further to the Jaguars, to Urban Meyer, to Lawrence, maybe to Tim Tebow here, Pritch, we're going to have to see. Uh, <laughs> but minus one and a half, quickly to minus two and a half. That's big. That tells me that any of these you know, wise guys or pro bettors who set their own numbers, they're saying – one and a half on the Jags, that's too low. Maybe this should be a three-point spread. That sort of thing. When you see those early moves, it, that tells me that the pros have a better number than what the odds makers released, or or they're getting a better number mm-hmm. based on the current number from the book. So keep an eye on that. To me, again, I'm going to annoy a lot of people today, but if that gets to the key number of three, I think the Texans plus three at home against the rookie quarterback, rookie coach. Um, we're, again, the question is Deshaun Watson. Right, I was is about to ask be- you that. Is he going to be suspended? Is he going to play? I mean, uh, you know, they've already drafted Davis Mills. You bring in Tyrod Taylor. Uh, are They're operating under the assumption that maybe he won't be around here. So, obviously, if Watson's in, I mean, this is probably, I don't know, Texans minus three, mm-hmm. minus six. I don't know. <laughs> something like that at home. Yeah. Um, but, obviously, that just tells you what a big difference losing a great player like that makes. Any um, wise guy number or power ranking at this point is not going to have Deshaun Watson involved in it, correct? Yeah, I think you're right, Pritch. I think you're going to operate under the premise that he's not going to play really until something changes here. And and again, based on the win totals, you know, the Texans, I think, are one of the either the lowest or one of the lowest win totals. I want to say maybe like four or five, something really, really low like that. And again, if Watson was playing, you know, this is a team that's going to get, I would say, at least a seven there maybe. But um, again, we're going to have to see how this thing develops. But to me, these are the things that over the offseason you can capitalize on. You know, you're going to get a ton of hype of, You know, again, I joke around with Tebow, but Tebow, Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, the the new look Jags, you're going to get pounded by this narrative stuff all summer long. So by the time you get to week one, I like to go against these big forming narratives because to me, that's the ultimate contrarian value. So if you're going to get in, if this line open one and a half, I can get a plus three in September. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the Texans there probably. Okay. Are you suggesting that Tim Tebow is going to make the roster? Uh, I'm hoping. Okay. I'm hoping. <laughs> okay. That'll be interesting. Bet that over for a touchdown then. Uh, it's a half right now. Um, Seahawks are a road dog to the Colts. Carson Wentz, the new quarterback uh, out there. Uh, they're laying two and a half at home. Maybe the home field advantage comes into play here uh, when you got the Seahawks, a, a decent football team, uh, a road dog in this game. Yeah, so I think, Pritch, you're right. You know, obviously, Carson Wentz, what are we going to get out of him here? Uh, my first thought is that's a high total. Mm, and I would think that maybe. 52 and a half, Pritch, and I believe we got to go through all these games. That might be the highest one. Or actually, Browns Chiefs, that's 53 and a half. But one of the highest totals here, um, obviously, you have the the indoor angle um, with, uh, with Lucas Oil Stadium here. But remember the Seahawks last year, Pritch, they were a fantastic over team. You had, uh, obviously, great offense from Russell Wilson. You had a porous defense here that gave a lot of points. My first inclination is that's a high total, but does that thing get over, you know, that 52 and a half? I'd be looking maybe over there right off the bat. And then to me, the next move is the two and a half. So it's kind of like, you know, they didn't hang the three out Seahawks plus three, at which point I think you're probably going to get some Seahawks money. What's the next move? Does it go up to three? Does it get down to two? You're right at that key number. And I'm not betting that unless I see which way the wind's blowing there. Uh, Great advice right there, Josh Applebaum. Uh, We'll return back to the National Football League. But uh, up next, we're going to get to Dwayne Colucci uh, to help us out with hockey as we're down the stretch. Actually, the finish line, really. Uh, Who's going to win a President's Trophy? Uh, All that and more coming up next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
We all love home runs in Major League Baseball, especially if you are a new BetMGM customer. Turn $1 into $100 when someone goes yard during a game. Sign up for the BetMGM app using vSIN100. And if you place a $1 Moneyline wager on the Dodgers or Mariners, you'll get $100 if either team hits a home run. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Located in Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. In Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER. In New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. And Tennessee, call or text the red line. 800-889-9789. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host today. Happy to bring on to the program Dwayne Colucci, race and sports manager at the Rampart. Dwayne, how are you? Doing great, Mike. How about you guys? Doing great. Uh, fabulous, actually. Um, I wanted to ask you a question in regards to betting hockey, uh, as we just have a couple games left, really, until the uh, uh, postseason. Um, when you have the Toronto Maple Leafs facing the Ottawa Senators, uh, and Toronto's on the road, minus 185, uh, six and a half is a total. Uh, Toronto, are they resting, or what's going on? I mean, uh, do they make a push for President's Trophy situation, or, or what do they do here as they gear up for the playoffs? Well, that's a great question, Mike, because they are, you know, they have an outside chance for the President's Trophy, but I really think that's going to be uh, determined either here in Las Vegas or uh, Colorado. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be making that much of a severe push because I want to avoid injury. You know, Toronto is a team that is synonymous with losing in the playoffs, guys. You want to go in there full strength. You're playing your arch rivals, the Montreal Canadiens. So, uh, you know, against a lower echelon team like Ottawa, Mike, I really couldn't go crazy. And that's why I'm seeing a lot of action at the Rampart and South Point, believe it or not, on Ottawa. I mean, we opened this game at minus 210. Now we're sitting at minus 185 at the Rampart. So definitely I'm getting the sense that you're not going to see guys like Mitchell Marner, Austin Matthews, or Tavares on the ice for extended periods of time. And with it being such an outside shot to get that president's trophy and you pretty much, uh, you know, you're three, uh, seven and three against Montreal this year. You want to focus in on that series. You know that Montreal will probably get Carey Price back between the pipes. He might be a little rusty. They're looking to bring back Gallagher, Shea Weber. So you want to make a statement this year that you're so close to the president's trophy. You want to win a couple of rounds of playoffs. Mike, so I would rest, guys, definitely. I wouldn't go crazy against Ottawa tonight. Hey, Dwayne, it's Josh. It's great to talk to you once again, talk some puck. And I think you make a great point. You know, I think if you're betting NHL right now, it's almost like the NBAization of the NHL. You got to know who's in and who's out because we have a lot of teams resting players. And I want to ask you a couple, uh, two things, Dwayne. Number one, tell me about that Bruins-Caps game from yesterday because we had everyone out for the Bruins and we saw the Caps go from like minus 105 to minus 200. Ended up being a really big sweat there if you took the Caps. They did win, but they scored with like a second left to give them the win. So number one, Dwayne, did you get a ton of money coming in? Did people know about, uh, you know, all these uh, these Bruins guys being out? And then do you see something similar with Edmonton tonight? I think Edmonton might be your, your Caps play for tonight because Montreal, they've already clinched. They're resting some guys. Primo is in net. 
we have a minus 115 to like minus 140 here with Edmonton. So your take on that crazy Bruins caps line move from yesterday. And what do you think about Edmonton today? Yeah, that crazy line move, we kind of knew because they announced it pretty early. So that worked in our favor as bookmakers there, Josh. You know, we were able to get the jump and make that line move pretty quickly. And the capital backers did have to sweat as that game went down to the wire. And what you basically had were these, uh, you know, these minor league guys that really fit in well for the Bruins. You know, they're AHL guys. They know what to do because there's a lot of similarities in coaching and the way the lines change. So a uh, Credit to the Bruins, and it just shows how deep this franchise is because they were able to play so well. Now, looking at tonight's game, I think it's more of a case where we opened it at 115, seeing it bet up to 140 Edmonton. Montreal is definitely going to sit some guys, and I think that they're the liability with all the guys who are injured and sitting some of these starters. I know Anderson got banged up, so you're not going to see him out there. I wouldn't leave, uh, you know, uh, Cole Caulfield or Suzuki out there for extended periods so i think montreal is what their their philosophy is let's really make this push against toronto let's try and get you know gallagher like i said weber back let's try and make a push and tonight i don't believe you're going to see montreal at full strength i actually saw some of the practice lines and the third and fourth lines are very uh skimpy there josh so i think edmonton you know although they're not going to put mcdavid and dry out there this is a team that could probably compete even though they've had troubles with Montreal just because Montreal's uh, lineup is so depleted tonight. We're speaking with uh, Dwayne Colucci, racing sports manager at the Rampart here in Las Vegas. You can follow him on Twitter at NYBookieDwayne. Um, so the question, I guess, for betters, too, and I don't know if you're seeing this or not uh, over there at the Rampart, Dwayne, uh, Colorado, they're minus 350. Uh, if they win both games against L.A., I think they take the President's Trophy. You mentioned that uh, five and a half is the total. Are you seeing people back uh, the Avs here? Yeah, definitely, Mike. You know, these are the fan favorites. Colorado and the Vegas Golden Knights are both getting some nice attraction tonight because they're both hungry. I mean, the Golden Knights, they're a little shorthanded as well. You don't want to risk injury to Patchy already. Guys like this, bring them back too quick. Uh, you know, so they're going to be shorthanded again. I mean, they only had 15 skaters the other night. Also, I see that Nate McKinnon is not playing, but Colorado still has incentive to go out there and get this home ice throughout. They definitely want the Vegas Golden Knights to be tested by the Minnesota Wild and put them, uh, you know, in a position where possibly their backs are against the wall against the team, Minnesota, who did beat the Vegas Golden Knights five times in a row. So, uh, uh, you know, earlier this season, I think that it's uh, – it's jockeying for position by Colorado and they're going to come out despite McKinnon sitting and play a really rough style of hockey and probably look to blow the Kings out tonight. So therefore the public is backing them. Vegas Golden Knights opened 185. They're at 210 at the Rampart in South Point. You know they're going to back this team. Everybody loves would, would love here in Vegas to see them win the President's Trophy and slide into that first position. So both teams are seeing great attraction, Mike, across our counter at the Rampart.
Dwayne, you mentioned a second ago, uh, you mentioned the Minnesota Wild. So one game that I saw today with a big line move is the Wild. They're at St. Louis here. Uh, the Wild open around minus 115. They've been bet up all the way to around minus 150. Some shops even like minus 160. So a big move here toward Minnesota. Uh, one no thing that I noticed is it's a big rest advantage for Minnesota. They last played on the 8th. The Blues played the 10th. You also have Vile Husso in net for St. Louis, who's been a little shaky here. Um, and is this a situation where the Blues are resting players? So just your take on this game have you been getting some some wild money in this one and and what do you think of this matchup tonight yeah good looking out josh definitely we're seeing wild money because you know that tarasenko isn't going to play you also mentioned the goaltender you saw be uh between the pipes you're not going to see bennington tonight uh cam talbot is scheduled to play and minnesota does have a rest so yes a lot of factors backing the wild tonight they've been bet up like you said some real nice action we opened it at minus 120 at the rampart in south point now the public has steamed it up to minus 150 total of six favored at uh, under minus 120. So, you know, yeah, we're definitely seeing some wild action. They want to go into the playoffs very hungry despite who they're going to face. They're definitely a team to watch and a team to beat. Talbot has been fabulous. Like I said, they just give the Golden Knights fits with their line changes, and it's a tough matchup if the Vegas Golden Knights have to match up with them in the first round. St. Louis, they're just going to coast in. You know, they're definitely going to rest. They they played well against the Golden Knights. They just seemed outmanned at times. But, you know, Bennington is definitely, he's got a Stanley Cup. So he's going to be ready to play that first round matchup regardless of who that is. So I think it's a good spot to rest Tarasenko and those guys. And I think, yes, uh, the Wild, they're not a shoe in tonight, Josh, but we're seeing a lot of action from the public on them. Okay, Dwayne, as we uh, wrap up the regular season, uh, we got odds certainly to reach the Stanley Cups. Uh, odds uh, who's going to win the Stanley Cup final. Um, and uh, I just want to ask your expert opinion right now. I'm sure we'll have you on the program again. Uh, but right now, who do you give the edge to in terms of winning the Stanley Cup this year? Wow, that's a great question. I'll tell you the truth, Mike. I mean, this is such a competitive year. And, you know, it's a unique year because we haven't seen teams match up cross-country. You know, you're basically seeing the Canadian teams play the Canadian teams, East play to East, West play to West. So there's a lot of favorable matchups, I'll tell you, in the first round. I mean, Edmonton, they've beaten Winnipeg six in a row. It looks like that's who they're going to play. Uh, the Hurricanes are 6-2 and two against Nashville. That's going to be a first-round matchup. And then you have matchups like the Bruins and Capitals, who uh, you know are tied at four in the season series. I do think that Tampa Bay is going to get healthy, guys. And if we could possibly shop up to 10, 11, 1 to win the Stanley Cup, I would look at anything double digits. I mean, I know they're at 8 to 1 at my shop. I'm sure if you you know shop around, you could definitely get a good price on them. I know Stamkos and the boys will be healthy and looking to make and defend that title. But this is going to be a very, very competitive Stanley Cup, uh, you know, finals this year. And whether it's Vegas, uh, Colorado, or anybody who comes out of the West, they're going to be a good representative as well. But I would look for good odds on a team like Tampa. Also, uh, you know, I think the East was playing a little tougher competition level this year, guys. I think some of those teams, Islanders, Penguins, Bruins, Capitals, they're so hungry. And then you have that other division with Florida, Tampa, and Carroll. It's tough, guys, but I'll uh, look for Tampa. <laughs> All right. No, that's great. That's great opinion right there because it maybe gives us something to think about and also uh, hedging opportunities uh, as we go through the uh, NHL playoffs. Thanks uh, for your time, Dwayne. That was awesome. 
Oh, thank you guys. I really appreciate being on. Absolutely. They'll do it. Thanks, for, Wayne. Yep, they'll do it for hour number one. Hour number two begins with a bang with Brad Botkin. Uh, he's a writer for uh, the NBA for CBS. Uh, he's coming up next on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> 